0: Glad to join my next guest live in studio here as we talk about something we just kind of finished discussing, and that was, uh, well, the past three years and what we've experienced in as far as the COVID-19 situation early on, being told that, you know, it's not a general threat to the public, even by the governor and the uh, Illinois Department of Public Health Director, but then on a dime seeming to flip, shutting the state down. We had the schools shut down, businesses impacted, wholesale uh, only certain businesses were allowed to stay open, like cannabis stores, while small mom-and-pop shoe stores were forced closed. Uh, you had uh, the education situation, everybody impacted by that. And then all of a sudden you had the vaccines starting to come out. And they were uh, being offered up for certain classes first, and then they rolled them out slowly. And then you had the incentives, right? You remember the, uh, the New York uh, uh, City mayor eating hamburgers and french fries, talking about how if you get the COVID shot, you can get a free hamburger but those incentives quickly turned into mandates and those mandates impacting everything from travel to education to entertainment uh, people had to go to a, a comedy club and, and flash their vaccine card, uh, but it wasn't just in the you know uh, consumer space. It was also in the military, and somebody who uh, experienced this firsthand joining me in studio, and that's U.S. Air Force Colonel Retired Mark Hurley. You are from Sherman. Mark, thanks for taking time with us this morning. Good morning. Uh morning. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess just kind of I set it up there. Walk us through from who you are to where you fit into this ongoing story about uh, the COVID-19 situation. Sure. Uh, we ended up
1: uh, actually stationed on active duty down in South Carolina. And originally, we were down there to set up a, uh, a chief of staff of the Air Force uh, designed organization that combines cyberspace and air together. And that was down at Shaw Air Force Base. Well, then COVID hit. So that all went sort of on the back burner, and we ended up uh, creating uh, one of the only Air Force joint task forces that covered a 12-state region. And so in 2020, our main job was to help augment hospitals with military personnel, send them in because a lot of the hospital staff was getting sick, right, from COVID. In 2021, we started to set up our first vaccine sites, and I was uh, head of a team. We overall, we uh, our joint task force had uh, 1,200 personnel in it, and we gave like 1.1 million vaccines. Right, and the first vaccine site that that I was part of that we set up was down in Orlando, Florida. And two days before our first event, uh, where we're going to have the public come in, all of a sudden, one of my troops runs up to me and he says, Colonel Hurley, uh, can you uh, help us find a refrigerator? I'm thinking, well, we're at Valencia College. Hey, you can easily find a refrigerator at Valencia College. He goes, sir, you don't understand. This vaccine has to be refrigerated at minus 62 degrees Fahrenheit. And right away, I, I turned to some of our specialists on staff and I said, What the hell is in this vaccine? <laughs> it has to be refrigerated at minus 62 degrees Fahrenheit. She explained the whole mRNA to us and new and technology. Went through new technology. A new everything. delivery
0: method of exactly. whatever needs to happen so, with vaccines. And-
1: so that made me suspicious, right? Just to start off with. And then on top of that, two days later when we did our first event, we had a bunch of, you know, the healthy of the healthy come in. The, our police officers got a bunch of media with it. Police officers, firefighters came in. And as I'm walking through the, the tent, the very last tent, they have to sit for 20 minutes so we can watch them to make sure that they don't uh, have any problems. Well, the very first day I walk into the tent, within five minutes I see my first police officer drop to the ground with anaphylactic shock. Okay. And so I'm thinking, hey, this is, this is a problem. So naturally, I started reaching out to not only our medical people in the Air Force, but my wife, who's retired, just did a f- phenomenal job in terms of research and started feeding me things so that I could start asking questions. Uh, so that's basically how we got started into this. Um, as time went on, I started you know, asking more and more questions, and I realized, hey, this is a problem, Right. Um, and this was way back in, you know, 2021, in the spring of 2021. So because uh,
0: let's just I mean, just to kind of, I guess, uh, give that historical perspective. It was late 2020. Uh, you had President yeah. Trump with uh, Operation Warp Speed to get these vaccines uh, together. Uh, and then early January of 2021, that's when they started really kind of opening it up to maybe people who had um, certain conditions uh, in like February. People who had cancer, for instance, could get the vaccine if they wanted to. And then they started opening it up to certain age groups and then slowly rolling it out to where it was available for everybody
1: absolutely and so it was the tail end of february beginning of march is when we set up the vaccine site but by may i had already come to the conclusion that there was more going on here than that meets the eye and so we really started questioning and a lot of us within the military started questioning okay so, and uh at that time president biden was saying hey no, this is voluntary. You can take it if you want to take it. Um, and President Biden or Trump? President. At that time. President Biden in twenty twenty one. Okay. Okay. Was saying this is voluntary, right? And then in um, and then he made it mandatory towards the end of the summer of twenty twenty one, right? And so it was at that point where I started standing up for my troops. And I say, no, we can't do this. I'm not going to take the vaccine. I'm not going to ask them to take the vaccine. Okay, so um,
0: and this was about the time also that uh, that Biden uh, implemented the the OSHA rule. Yes, uh, to where it was going to be, you know, all businesses of a certain right. size would have to uh, get their 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 employees' vaccine card essentially, and have mm-hmm. their employees uh, share, uh, you know, private medical information with their employer, uh, mm-hmm. whether or not they got vaccinated. So that, of course, made it all through the courts, and and the courts struck down the private mandate. Mm-hmm. But being in the military, the guys didn't necessarily have that avenue.
1: Right, and I saw a study by Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, who was not only an MD, she was an immunologist, and she was in charge of an aviation unit. She filed an affidavit. And when I read the affidavit, uh, roughly, as I recall, 20% of her... Uh, her aviation unit, could no longer fly, wow. okay? So, so that, made a, that made it a problem, particularly for the Air Force, right? If you run into the same uh, situation, and, and particularly when it was affecting, you know, 20 to 40-year-olds, right? So you knew you had a problem. That then leads into all sorts of readiness issues. And if you know anything about the National Guard and the Reserves, we have to recruit basically 15% every year, so it's a new 15% because people retire, they get promoted, they get new jobs, you know, that whole thing. And if you add to it um, folks who refuse to take the vaccine, that's another 10% drop. And then on top of that, what we didn't expect is people getting sick from the vaccine. So that's an additional drop. Okay, so that puts, that's why we're facing so many readiness issues now. We knew all this 18 months ago. Right. We knew this was going to happen, but we couldn't react quickly enough because at one point, President Biden said, you know, it's not going to be mandatory. And then three months later, he said it's mandatory for the military.
0: We're talking with Mark Hurley. He is a retired Air Force colonel and a Sherman resident. Uh, you are a native of Lincoln and you've lived sure. in Sherman uh, for for years uh, and you've been traveling, of course. Now you're retired. Uh, so you're sharing your story here. And I'm greatly appreciative he's coming on air to talk about this. we got to take a quick break, come back and revisit this a bit. And I really I, I want I to I want to get get it out of you as to why now. Why why now of course you retired but what message are you wanting to get across uh, so we'll uh, we'll get to that next here on WMAY Mark Hurley my guest here on 927 WMAY Springfield's news and talk All right back with my in studio guests retired US Air Force Colonel Mark Hurley he joins us to talk about his experience uh, having recently retired, he can now speak out about some of these issues, including the vaccine mandates in the Air Force and the military that was imposed by uh, the the President of the United States, and that's uh, being rescinded. Uh, and uh, you've got a whole bunch of people, thousands of individuals in the active duty military who had to leave their post because they refused to take what they saw as an experimental vaccine. Uh, Mark, you uh, you you had some some. Uh, Troops that you yourself were trying to protect in all of this, you yourself uh, did not take the vaccine. Just touch briefly on what you did for uh, those that were that were under your command. Well,
1: I was uh, uh, extremely grateful, basically, to uh, Speaker McCarthy and to a lot of the Freedom Caucus and to other members of Congress who actually changed the National Defense Authorization Act last fall that would have eliminated the uh, vaccine mandate among the military members because they were able to continue a fight that I could no longer continue because I, you know, had retired. Um, I always followed my chain of command. Right? I'm very respectful and very honorable. Uh, it, profession and i always followed my chain of command Uh, once i was retired i could work outside the chain of command and that's when i went to congresswoman mary miller uh, and she did a phenomenal job communicating to the freedom caucus and to the other members of her caucus so she invited me out to the state of the union and that's when i went out thanked speaker mccarthy personally actually talked at a reception with a number of just different congressmen and they all said to the person, we have to figure out how to reinstate those that were pushed out of the military. And so that's really what's prompting this discussion is how do we do that? Because you have to have good order and discipline in the, in the military. And so... Um, you know, you know that there are some people that were hurt financially, right? They were pushed out and they were off of work for two months and then they found another job, sure. right? Or maybe they were making 50000 a year but they could only find a job that paid 25000 right? So the first thing is you have to figure out how to pay that gap. The second thing is you have to make sure how their careers won't be hurt because they didn't follow an order, okay? And then the third part of that is, okay, once we do that, do you really want to force them back into the same organizations that they came from with the same leadership because they already don't have a trust for that leadership? And that's an issue. It's, it's a very predominant issue. So so there needs to be a mechanism where they can actually move into an organization, get spun up again, because if they've been out for a year, they're going to have to do all sorts of retraining. You know, you can't just hop into a F-16 again, right, without getting back up to speed, you know, and we're very high tech in the Air Force. So,
0: and it and it's it, it kind of just highlights the the importance of readiness and mm-hmm. uh, being prepared uh, in in future instances of a, of a pandemic and whether or not they have these types of mandates in place. Uh, so there's a lot of different conversations that are still needing to be had here. Uh, we're talking with Mark Hurley, a retired U.S. Air Force Colonel, uh, and we've got just about uh, 30 seconds here. We will have a more conversation about uh, digital privacy because uh-huh. with the the COVID-19 vaccine. Mandates and the, uh, you know, uh, vaccine apps that we had. I mean, every time I go to a, a certain s- state, I get inundated with, whoa, no, cancel, skip that. <laughs> I get inundated with messages of, hey, uh, you know, you, you're, you can register with this state your COVID vaccine awareness or whatever. So yeah, there's a lot of different things we need to talk about. Uh, I appreciate your time and uh, real quick, 10 seconds. You're also the chair. Of the Republican Lincoln Day dinner. Give us the details briefly. Yep.
1: It's uh, Kellyanne Conway and uh, on May 3rd, and you can go online and look at uh, sangmanrepublicans.com and you can register.
0: Uh, all sorts of different opportunities. Uh, so please come out and join us. Mark Hurley, let's talk again in the near future, okay? Absolutely. Appreciate it. It's Springfield's morning news on WMAY now, 8 o'clock. From the Fly SPI Studios, take the easy way out. WMAY F-